SeatGeek. I think baseball games can be a great first date. I mean, like, why not, right? Who made up this rule? There's nothing more romantic than two people sharing their passion, especially if you have great seats. Because then you can make it to the kiss cam, and if you make it and he kisses you on the kiss cam, and then, you know, it's real. It's the real deal. Like ring stuff, wedding stuff. Get your seat tickets to sports, concerts, and live events. Seat Geek. Get your seat in a seat. Use promo code Bronx Machachos and save $20 off your first purchase. Did he go? Yes, he did. More Yankee history as Garrett Cole now passes Ron Guidry for the most strikeouts in a single season in Yankee history. 249 passing number 49, Ron Guidry. Is the American League single season home run leader, the AL King? Case closed. This is Scott Sandman Sanders. You're listening to the Bronx Machachos, Florida's number one New York Yankees podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Bronx Machachos podcast. I'm your host for tonight, David, and with me is Danny. Yurt, what's good, everybody? We got Alex. Hello, everybody. And we got our brother from another mother, Scott Sandman Sanders, joining us as well. What up? All right, everybody. You know the drill. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, also, we are now streaming on Instagram Live, and we can also see your Twitter comments now. So everybody watching on Twitter and Instagram, be sure to follow us on both platforms and hit us up with your comments if you have any. Of course, don't forget our website, www.bronxmuchachos.com. It has our SeatGeek promo code, which is Bronx Muchachos. Save $20 on your first purchase. Get you started over there. And don't forget, Lids has the end of winter sale until January 4th. Select items, 70% off. Go check out all the good stuff we got going on over there. So, boys, Christmas was this past week. So, how is everybody's Christmas? Fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, you know, Zoe got to open up her gifts and whatnot, so uh, that's always good to see. Uh, my parents got me some more clothes, like just chill stuff, man. Uh, went to see Wonka, which is really good, by the way. Guys, go see Wonka with the kiddos. Um, Isn't that, that like was a musical? Awesome. It was really good, yeah. It was a musical, and if you saw mm-hmm. the like the original Wonka, they paid a lot of homage to that movie, so it was awesome. Aquaman too uh, was really good too. I enjoyed that. So um watched saw that for my birthday. So that was dope. So all you did was watch movies all week, is what you're saying. Yeah, man. That's that's <laughs> me, man. I'm chilling. <laughs> Baseball movies, food, man. That's I'm a simple man. There you go. I mean, my, my week's <laughs> been pretty good so far. Been able to drink the whole damn time. <laughs> that's just been that way. That's so, been my whole Danny's been watching movies and Alex has just been drunk all week. Got it. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, with the bad news we had before Christmas, it was a good idea to be uh, be on some sort of substance for the whole week. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, mine, was, mine was good. It was 70 degrees, well, about 67 degrees, nice and warm. And 
uh, hung out with the family. So went to my sister's house and hung out with my kids and my mom and dad and my my sister and her family. So it was, it was a good time. So very blessed. Hopefully that cold yes. friend comes in this weekend. It is tonight. It's coming tonight. <laughs> For me, I got it tomorrow night. <laughs> coming tonight. All right. Well, good to see everybody made it through Christmas, happy and uh, healthy. Um, unfortunately, we did not get our Christmas wish this year as the Los Angeles Dodgers poached away our one Christmas wish in Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Went to the LA Dodgers on a 12-year, $325 million contract. Uh, I was at work when the news broke, and I felt my soul just leave my body and float off into purgatory somewhere. But um, rest assured, there's still plenty of free agent pitchers out there, plenty of talent left to go get. So I'm not exactly jumping off the Dames Point Bridge in Jacksonville just yet. Um, so we'll throw it around. How does everybody feel? What are our thoughts? You know, did we try hard enough to get him? Was he going to be a Dodger anyway? Let's throw it around. Let's get what everybody thinks. Well, yeah, I'll start off. Um, I, Yankees made a really competitive offer, 10 years, $300 million. Um, They front-loaded the deal. He was going to get more AAV annually for those 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. He was going to get $50 million more up front. So the Yankees made a very, very competitive offer. I think he wants to be a Dodger from the jump. I think he he used the Yankees and the Mets, rightfully so, as, as, as a guy. If you knew where he wanted to go and he knew his destination, he knew his suitors. Um, and you got to use those guys as leverage. And he's got, he got his 325, which is, you know, um, a really big number for a guy that's never thrown a pitch in the big leagues. Um, he's <laughs> the, the highest paid free agent pitcher in big league history. And the Yankees are not really ready to go there. We, ha we have, we have our, our horse, we have our Cy Young war winner on our team. And who knows if Yamamoto is going to win the Cy Young or anything like that. Obviously he's got great stuff, but um, it was tough to see him at the press conference today, but he made it pretty clear that he wants to be a Dodger. And so good for him. Uh, we move on. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Danny. I really do get where you're coming from that. Like it was nice, but you know what? He was, he used the Yankees and the Mets and, and everybody for his own advantage, because for all we know, he, he went there because he was like, you know what? Boom, I'm going to go there. My, my buddy's there. The normal factor, all that kind of stuff. Who knows what reasons he went to to the Dodgers, but he used that factor because like the Yankees offer was 1,000% competitive. Let's be real. That's the 30 million he would have been making a year, okay? Compared to making 27 a year for, 12, for two more years. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, he's making more money long run. But short run, he's losing out. Like, I'm sorry, that's for in, in two more years, he could have got a, he could have got another deal with someone else for another five more years if, if it would have worked out for him. But he decided not to, so that's on him. He played it his way, and he just showed his cards that he wanted to be a Dodger over being a Yankee or any other team. And we were just his pawns. That's it. Yeah, I uh, I still I was kind of shocked because I really thought he was going to want to be his own man. Obviously, the Yankees didn't want to you know give something a, a bigger something you know that kind of. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, you know, Gary Cole would maybe would slap him in the face, you know. So I think uh, I think that's probably why they didn't go to 325. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, I read today, you know, like it was Twitter, but he just said the whole time he wanted to go to the Dodgers, even if Otani didn't sign that he still wanted to be a Dodger. 
you know, it could be posturing. It could be something just to, to make the fan base happy. But at the end of the day, his agent did a good job, shopped him to the right teams, got the right numbers hanging over his head, end up with the team he wanted to end up being with, got the number, number 18 he wanted. So, say uh, la vie. Yeah. Um, I mean, if someone were to give me $325 million, I think I'd say I just want to be there too, regardless of whoever else is there. <laughs> I mean, if someone gives you that much coin, you're not going to like bite the hand that feeds you, I guess you could say. Um, I definitely think with these Japanese players, I definitely think being close to Japan is a big factor. I think that's why you saw Otani go to Anaheim, why Ichiro chose Seattle, um, you know, why Yamamoto chose L.A. And I think that's just what it is. I hope it's not the Yankee, the, all this, these rumors out there saying that the Yankees didn't want to give him a bigger contract than Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole is the quote standard. I hope that's not the case. I would be very upset if that is the case because you're just saying like, okay, we can't give anyone a bigger contract than Garrett Cole. Even if someone were to come around, come along that in the future, that is better than Garrett Cole as crazy as that sounds. So hold on. I know you give me a second. Let me finish. Um, I hope that's not the case. Um, you know, maybe he did want to go play in LA. LA is a big market. He's going to make a lot in endorsements and a lot of money. I just hope that with the Dodgers spending over a billion dollars on these two guys that halfway through both of these contracts, they don't end up having to dump them for financial reasons. You know, that's the mm. big thing. And we talked about this last week. What if Otani decides not to retire in 2034 when that contract expires and he wants to stick around for two or three more years? Now you're paying one guy $68 million. Mm -hmm. uh, with yeah. Freddie Freeman still there, Mookie Betts still there, and Yamamoto still there getting paid all this money. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Go ahead, Alex. I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And yes, it does suck if that's the reasoning for his signing and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I'm over here in the area right now. I'm hoping that, that this works out that the same way it worked out for the last time that the Dodgers went like, you know, actually not the last time, but like when they went big on Nomo. I, I, you might not remember it. I know Sam remembers it when, when everybody was going crazy on Nomo and everything like that back in the day. I was a young kid and when like, he pitched. I barely exactly, remember him playing. Exactly. You know what? But you know what? It failed for the Dodgers. And I'm hoping right now, after him not being with the team, this is a failure for the Dodgers. And guess what? He just becomes a bust. That's right now I'm going to be in the, in, in the area on. Because you know what? He's not on. He's not on pinstripes. I don't care anymore. It is what it is. What really sucks for our bullpen is that it's going to be – it's going to be – the rumors of it being a super bullpen that we might have to go to, that's the part that sucks right now. Yeah. Okay, because if that's what has to happen, that's going to suck because that puts our team and this organization back – Two years, legitimately, two more years. It puts us back because of how because of the work that they had to do to go back to just to get the starting pitching. Because yes, Rodon, we all agree he's not going to be he's not going to suck like he did this past season. There's hope not. I mean, there's hope. But there, we're all hoping right now he doesn't suck like he did this past season. Let's be real. But if he doesn't suck like he did this past season, we got a number one and a number two. Okay. Nestor, we still are going to have that same fear that is he going to be able to go get past the fifth inning, okay? Is he going to make it to the sixth inning? And then we still don't have a true number. We still don't have we, – our rotation is still not full because that's only three. We still need a number four and a number five at least still at that point. So it kind of sucks for us. Go ahead, Danny or, or Sam, man. Go ahead, Danny. Well, I mean, I think you're you're kind of undercutting the Yankees rotation a little bit there. We, we do have, like, four legitimate starters. The, it, when it comes down to it, 
we do need a, a fifth one and a sixth one because I, I, I prefer for Clark Schmidt to be depth. That will be my ideal thing. I, I would love to see. Are we ready to get into who we want now or ready to get into that conversation, Dave, about who, who we I, I want for the first season? I think we're transitioning, okay. think we're transitioning so, into it. So. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, my, my number one target is Monty. I want him back in pinstripes. A lot of guys mm-hmm. don't want him back, and I think that's that's foolish. Um, I, I think it's short-sighted for a lot of Yankee fans to, to not want Monty back. If we saw if you saw what he did last year in the playoffs, seven shutty against Tampa at Tropicana for the Rangers, like that takes gumption, that takes balls. So I, I want that back in pinstripes. He he knows how heavy the pinstripes are. He's and he's had success here. It's not like he was terrible. This is not a Javi Vasquez type of situation where you know you, you get him back and he's and he's terrible. Javi Vasquez had like five ERA most of his career. Jordan Montgomery. 116 ERA plus for his career. Like he's 16% better than start the average starting pitcher in, in big league baseball. Like that's the type of guy that you want in your rotation. Plus he's left-handed. Also, you know, he he has the stuff that's gonna last a while. His fastball is tops out, you know, averages about 93, but he has the curveball, the changeup, the cutter, the sinker. So with all those pitches, there's a lot more opportunity for longevity for Monty and, and putting him behind um, a Rodon in front of Nestor in front of Clark Schmidt would do the Yankees good. Another guy that I want is, is Jordan Hicks for the back end of that bullpen, him and Clay Holmes with the, with the, with the sinker ballers, like bowling balls for sick for, for sinkers. Like those two dudes at the back end would really shorten, shorten up games. And uh, I, I think that should be the Yankees plan going forward. Monty, and uh and Jordan Hicks. I like Bonte. Um obviously I do stuff wise, I like Blake Snell a little better. Um obviously, you know, he can go out there and strike out 14, but at some point he can get wild. Um I think stuff wise, Snell's off the, is a different plant a different animal compared to Monty. I think Monty's a safer bet. You know, he'll he'll give you X amount of innings. Um he'll give you you know, every time he takes him on, he's going to give you a chance to win a baseball game. Every time Blake Snell hits the mound, he's got a chance to throw a no-hitter. You know what I mean? It's just he's got that type of stuff. But the problem is, you know, he, he can fall off the rails very quick. Um, but obviously, I think those are the two best lefties on the market. I do like Dylan Cease a lot. I know he's, his name's been mentioned in New York. Obviously, he's, he's still young with um, with a nice track record, has a lot of pitchability. You know, it's got a got got a nasty got a nasty breaking ball, um, but uh, I, I like those three guys the best. To be honest, I think Monty's a safe choice, uh, but I think Snell's that wild card. To I mean, Snell could be one A. You know, he could be that that number number. That he can be that that ace right behind Cole uh, when he's on. Oh, yeah, you're you're totally right on that because yeah, it's it's between Snell and Monty. Like we've been saying it for the past like what we we hinted at it a little bit before as well, uh, especially when it comes to Monty and Snell. Like that's those were the only other options out there in the free agency that they that the organization should go after realistically if they didn't get Yamamoto. So that's that is the that is the path that they got to go to. Now, do they get both? Do they get one? Do they get neither? <laughs> we we don't know right now. Right now, who knows what the hell's gonna happen? Like it sucks. It really does suck to, as a Yankee fan. 
as a Yankee fan or as an East Coast baseball fan, realistically, it sucks because right now it's like to be ready for any good baseball, we got to wait till like a West Coast game goes on to actually have see some competitive baseball. Yeah. My thing, I want to touch on Snell a little bit before you go, Dave. My, my thing with, with Snell is that he's too volatile, in my opinion. Like, yes, he's got the no-hit stuff, like 100%. But, like, do we know if that's going to happen 5, 10, 15 times? Like, I, uh, he's a little too wild I, I, for me, too. Like, I see what you're saying, though, Dan. I do see what you're saying, I, I see what you're and saying like, that right now. I, I really do see. Yeah. I see it. But like right now, at the the point of this team right now, since they, they didn't get Yamamoto, it's basically it's throwing it's throwing darts in the dartboard right now and seeing what sticks. Like what's gonna happen? What's the best thing that's gonna what's gonna work out? Like it's an experiment now. Now it's all experiments, and these are not gonna be long term experiments. It's gonna be short term experiments. So yeah, but Snell's not a long term. Snell's not a short term experiment. Snell is is a long term contract type of dude. Anytime you win two Cy Youngs. You're expecting, even as a starting pitcher, six to seven year contract at 25 million plus. I'm not willing to do that for Blake Snell. Like, I'm just not. The volatility for me is, 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 is too much to to want to give him 25 million over seven years for me. I don't, I, 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 I disagree. And I mean, can he handle New York? Can he handle New York? He's a, he's a Pacific Northwest guy, he's a Seattle guy. He, he likes to chill. Like he, like, do you think he wants a big spotlight of being in New York? Like, what's what, what's going to happen when he walks the bases loaded and booze is okay? Coming, we coming there, out but then, I I get you, I get you. But like, look at it. Look at our team in general. Like, we have West Coast people on our team already, and yes, they stuck. They, they stepped up to, to the plate and and are doing what they got to do. Like to put all this whole doubt onto the, to a guy just because he's from the West Coast. I'm like. That's kind of a messed up thing. Like, let's see how the spotlight handles. That's it. I, I get the fear. I understand there's a fear in there, but but the the I West Coast dudes that we have are dogs. Like, okay. Eric Cole, let, he's a dog. Let Cole me. Rodon is a dog. Let me just jump in here really quick. Let me put up yeah. a graphic for everybody that's watching this can see, and then we can go from there. Because you know, yes, you have to use your gut and see what's going on in the field, but numbers wise, I mean. It's not bad. I mean, Snell's got the better numbers than Montgomery on paper. But yet, on the field this past season, Montgomery's been better than Snell. But that's this past season. The no, season these before. are their overall stats up here up on the screen. These are their overall stats. Well, Snell won the Cy Young. So. And two ERA titles. He had a much better season than Montgomery. You know, yeah. his strikeout like percentage is a lot Snell's higher great. than Montgomery's. So. Right. He's not I terrible. Just don't know He's not trash. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Danny, I get what you're saying, but, at least, but it's, at least he's a, a West Coast guy that's going to go to New York, and at least the stuff that he needs to be all relaxed is legal in New York. So let's be happy. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, like, come saying, on, at the end of the day, he can still be relaxed. <laughs> this is where I'm at on this whole Montgomery versus Snell debate. I wouldn't mind, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing the Yankees get both of them. Right now, I wouldn't either. Act- you would have had the same talk, Dave. Like, right now, know? the Yankees' active payroll sits at $188 million going into 2024. That's it. They got some money to spend because Yamamoto fell through. I would not be opposed to seeing both these guys get signed and send both Clark Schmidt and Nestor Cortez to the bullpen as long men, long relievers. Then your starting rotation is Cole, Monty, Snell, and Rodon, and then have someone – duke it out for the number five role 
I don't think it's a bad idea. We forget Blake Snell pitched in the AL East. Yes, he played for the Tampa Bay Rays, and there's not a lot of pressure to win in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, but the kid has pitched in the AL East against the most the AL East is the most elite division in all of Major League Baseball. I think everybody on this panel would agree with that. And he's also pitched in the World Series. And I tell you right now, if Kevin Katz did not pull him out of that game, the Tampa Bay Rays won their first World Series against the Dodgers that year. It was Kevin Cash pulling him out of that game in the fifth or sixth inning that ruined it for them. And, you know, we all thought San Diego was going to go to the promised land with the team they had on paper. Execution-wise, they couldn't make it happen. And I don't think Blake Snell coming to the New York Yankees is going to be Javi Vasquez 2.0. I don't see it happening. But I could be wrong. We could all be wrong. As for Dylan... The the way I look at it is... The way I look at it is if you... You sign either if you sign only one of those two guys, they have to be your number two starter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask me, how many other number two starters in the league are better than Blake Snell? I wouldn't mention many, right? If you ask me how many starters are better than Monty, there's a handful, right? But like I said, you 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 you're doing a juggling act because Monty's probably more consistent. Snell is way more dirtier, you know. Uh, I myself would take dirty over over. Now, if I could get Monty and put him in a three or four slot, and put Snell in two, now you got the best of both worlds because Monty would be a great innings eater. You know, he'll win fifteen games, probably. Snell might win eight games. He might win twenty-two games. You know, that's just the that's just the that's just the 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 nature of the beast, right? You know, and with, a, and with Blake Snell, if you put a, a a decent defense behind him, I think he does win twenty games. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where he's been his downfall is having a piss poor defense behind him. And I could also see him being number two. And then let's say you put, let's say we did get Monty, Monty number three, and then put in Rodon. It's another volatile type of person as well. Put him in at number four. It, it's a, it, it does put a mixture onto competition. Yeah. So that way they're like, we don't know what we're getting today. And, and Yankee Stadium is built for a left handed pitcher too, you know. Not many lefties are going to play against him, you know. Um, Obviously, you know, you pull, pull the ball down the line like Aaron Boone did. That's a different story. But you hit it from gap to gap, they're going to run a lot of balls down for him. If that's even, You know, he strikes out 12 a game, seems like. You know, he's, he, he strikes out eight in his sleep. Yeah. So, but like I said, right. that, he's, just, he's just a difference maker if he's on. You know, obviously, if he's not on, he's a waste of 25 men, you know, because he'll probably get seven years for 25 to 30 million apiece. Go ahead, Danny, since you're, like, about ready to jump to the computer screen. Yeah, you go ahead, Danny. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, he, he's a five-and-fly type of guy. At the end, like, that, that's what what he is. Like, yes, he's – yes, the Cy Youngs are there, the hardware is there, but we need guys that could go three times through the lineup. Can Blake Snell take that next step, whether it's, whether it's in pinstripes or anywhere else, to become – a guy that's going to throw, get you six or seven innings. Is he going to be able love, to throw I would love for, innings? I would love for someone to find find the stat of how many starting pitchers in Major League Baseball actually go more than five innings. I would love to see that stat but, because I don't but, think but, 95% but, of the league does. But, he's a, but, but if he's a five-inning guy, you put it behind Garrett Cole, right? Because he goes seven, right? If he yeah. goes seven the night before – you only need five out of Snell the next day because your bullpen's rested. You know what I mean? You run the gamut. But obviously, every every organization is different. 
Um, you know, the Yankees might be like, hey, you're going to throw 115 pitches every time out. We're not taking you out after two times to the rotation like Kevin Cash did, and you would cuss them all the way to the dugout, you know, in, in you know, Blue World Series, you know. <laughs> but uh, but if he is the number two guy behind yeah. Cole, that's a blessing because the bullpen, the, the setup guys, you know, middlemen, they're going to be rested to, to get the ball to the, to the back end right. if, if he does go behind them. Cause and, be and, honest, that's, think, and that's I the think, best point that you could have made. What's that? And that's the best point you could have made because yeah. that, like, I don't, I don't, everything that everybody said, like, that, that has made the most sense in terms of, like, hey, it, you, you got Cole. If you get Snell, maybe you need five or six because you, you do have that rest of the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I in that number that, two spot. And then you have a guy like Monty or Rodon that could go deeper into the eight. When did paying for airfare become so unfair? At Southwest, we do things differently. So differently, we invented a word for it, transparency. Transparency means we don't dream up ways we can trick you into paying more. It means respect. Because we don't just fly you, we like you. Need points for that special vacation this year? Visit the Southwest Rapid Rewards link on our link tree and make a purchase of Southwest Rapid Rewards points today. I do want to talk about Dylan C's for a little bit. I love I, I really have liked Dylan Cease ever since he's popped up on the map starting last year. I would love to have him in New York. I don't know if the Yankees have the prospect capital left to pull a trade off like that, given the fact that we just sent seven guys to San Diego for Juan Soto and Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito being the headline prospects in that deal, uh, along with Mike King and Kyle Higashioka. Uh, it, who knows what the White Sox would want for him? I think they'd be asking for a Spencer Jones, a Chase Hampton, top-end prospects like that. Oswald Peraza, possibly. Um, but I don't know how everybody else feels. But I, two years of control, you're going to be giving up a lot for that guy. But he would be a great number two behind Garrett Cole. Imagine that, Cole and Cease, one and two. That'd be, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah, Cease is um... – to me, probably the one guy I would want to right grab on the market, obviously, because of his age, because um, of his experience. Obviously, he's pitching with the White Sox. He had never really pitched for much, but that's even that's even more impressive, the numbers he's put up on, on a really bad team. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to give you guys a real quick story, it was about maybe, oh, man, Dylan Cease was like 19 years old. And uh, he was with the Cubs. You know, he's the first first round pick or second. He was a high pick with them right out of high school and he played a year and a half and um, Jason McLeod, who at the time was the scout director had me out for uh, instructional ball uh, one fall and Cease was there. He might've been a year and a half or two years in his career. And they searched first day we showed up, we were, they were playing catch and Ron Ballone, who was a good friend of mine. I played with, he was a pitching coach with the Cubs in the minor leagues. And he was like, see the little skinny dude right there. I was like, yeah, he says, he throws a hundred. I'm like, no way. He said, Oh yeah, wait. So, so I watched him. He throws a couple of bullpens and he threw it. I mean, his fastball was absolutely incredible. And he had a breaking ball that was absolutely horrendous. Like couldn't, th and he said, he, he said, all he can throw is a fastball. He gets lit up every time he goes out. Cause he has nothing to go with his breaking ball. This is day one. I was there. I was there for about a week after day three. I talked to him a handful of times and by day four came by and then I watched him throwing the game and he literally bounced every slider. Like, in the dirt, kill the catcher, 
And I told him when he threw a bullpen, I said, your catchers hate you, don't they? He's like, yeah, they don't like me very much, you know? So one day me and me and RV and him were walking back to the, to the thing. I says, Hey man, I said, let's go to the bullpen for a little bit. He says, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on you breaking ball. Cause that's one of the reasons they brought me out there to teach, help teach him some of the young kids, my slider. I said, uh, I said, I teach 12 year old kids how to throw breaking balls, 10 year old kids how to throw breaking balls. I said, I think I can help you out. So as we were walking, I just told him, I said, listen, the key to breaking ball is I said, you bounce every breaking ball you, you throw because you, you, you flex your bicep too early and you don't, you cut your arm swing off. So you're going to have to, you're going to spike it or it's going to come out the back end. I said, you got to learn how to swing your arm. I'm going to do it this way. Swing your arm, get up on top. And then once you get the top, that's when your bicep engages and then you spin it. He's like, really? I said, yeah. So I said, let's go do. So I showed him, swear to God, three minutes later, the dude had breaking ball. And Ron Ballone got down. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling us that you taught Dylan C's how to throw yeah. a breaking ball. Yeah. So listen, so then that's, he was pitching the next day, right? He was pitching the next day. And so they, they had a, um, they co-op with the angels for, for, for um, instructional balls. So like on the same team was the angels and the Cubs and they were playing against the Reds. And uh, so the pitching coach for the angels that was there after the first inning, he looked at the guy next to me and says, where in the hell did he get that breaking ball from? <laughs> and he said, that dude right there worked with him yesterday and showed him. And, I mean, obviously, it got better and better since I showed it to him. But for the first time, he literally spun the ball, and he spun like 10 in a row. He was like, wow, that feels amazing. But, yeah, that's a great story. I think he was 19 <laughs> years old, maybe 20. Yeah. And then the next year, that's when, the, that's when they traded They traded him the next season, full season, they traded him to the White Sox for Quintero or whatever it was, his name was. Yeah. Oh, Jose I, did, I, did, I did it in a five-minute awesome. bullpen session. Just taught yeah. him how to relax his arm. And he has a nasty breaker, good. too. Oh, now it's gotten a lot better since the day I showed it to him. It's gotten dirty and dirty every year. Wow. I, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even know what to say to that. That's a pretty wild story. Yeah, nah, man, he, uh, he he took what you he took what you taught him, and he's just like, I'm gonna evolve it. Scott <laughs> Sanders doing the Lord's work, yeah. one pitcher at a time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, all right, let's move on to the last name in this quartet of people. Uh, Frankie, uh, Danny's favorite pitcher, Frankie Montas, is still roaming around out there. Danny has been in love with Montas. I don't know why since last year, but. Uh, Wants wants him back in pinstripes. So, Danny, the floor is yours. Please give us why you want this man back on this team. Yeah, uh, one year incentive laden deal. Like he he had great stuff in in Oakland. Fastball splitter. Shoulders are always tricky. They they always are. So you got to watch out for that. But I think he'd be a great depth piece option. Um, in, in that five spot, in case we don't get like a Snell or or. Um, I'm really banking on, on a Monty, but if we could get Montas to, to fill that five, six spot, it would be the most ideal because he has a, a track record. Of so success. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge uh, you. A the Yankees got him at, at mid season for a reboot. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. You'd rather see the Yankees spend 10 to 12 million because Severino got 13 million after coming off a really bad season. So that's pretty much what the standard is. 13 million. 13 million for one year because we saw five to um, Yeah. So I, so you rather see them spend that kind no, of I'm money. Not, I'm not spending $13 million on Frankie. So you rather spend five to 10 million on Frankie Montas rather than let either mm-hmm. Clayton Beater or Will Warren or Chase Hampton compete for a position on this team. 
in the bullpen or the rotation. Yes. Yes. I don't know prospects, prospects are suspect. Okay. We need what a full season think? from Clayton Beater that doesn't involve a five ERA at triple A. Season of Chase Hampton above double A. Will Warren, he had a half season at triple A, but you know, after he came up from double A, he wasn't, you know, the world beater that he was in double A. So all those guys are death pieces that you need in case there's injury. Like this is the year those guys pitch maybe one to two times, like in the at the big league level, if there's injury. I do not want to rely on Chase Hampton. Clayton Beater or Will Warren for more than a handful of starts at the big league level. Alex? He makes a really pretty valid point, actually, on that one, dude. Like, I'm sorry, like, when it comes to the you whole prospects. Me. I, I know I do disappoint <laughs> you on this one. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. Sorry. Here, here's the heart. Here's the heart on the video. But I didn't want to disappoint you, but, like, I got to. Because, yeah, like, I, I I've never been a big up person on whole prospects, especially on pitching prospects. Like hit, like fielding prospects are different. Pitching prospects, I don't know. It takes a minute to get ready. I don't know. The way I look at it, uh, Montaz is obviously he's just a, a piece of the puzzle. Um, if you're counting on him, you're probably in trouble. I mean, unless he gets back to his form. That you know, I mean, with the A's, he was dirty with the A's. I mean, he was he was yeah. legit. Um, obviously. It was did he even pitch one game with the Yankees before he got hurt on maybe two games, whatever. He did. He pitched like four or five. You know, but the, the thing about the <clears throat> prospects at some point you do have to give them a chance. Uh, but what you really want to have if you can, you want to have four solid starters and, and run that 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 you know that prospect out there as a fifth in the fifth spot, mm-hmm. you know. Um or or even have them in the bullpen as as a you know spot starter. Type of thing. Uh, obviously, you know, Yankees want to win a World Series, so you know you don't want to just hang your hat. But I mean, but look at the Dodgers. I mean, the guys that over the past what five, six years, the, you know, prospects, you know, they bring the prospects prospects up and stick them in, in, in the rotation. Um, you know, so it's you know sometimes they, they put them as a bullpen piece there for a minute. You know, as, as a as a long guy, use them as a spot starter. But at some point, you got to start giving some of these young guys a chance. To get their feet wet, you know what I mean. Got like like ducks got to get his bill wet before you can really you know know what what they can do. But at some point, you know you want to start building, starting pitching from within your system instead of always having to go out and get Montaz and get you know Rondon, all those guys. You know what I mean? Because it's those are just it's like buying a used car. A used car will get you from A to B. You know what I mean? A used car. There's nothing wrong with getting a used car. But you know those prospects are that 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 shiny little Porsche. Sometimes the shiny Porsches can be lemons too. But but you know when you when you hit that you know when you when you can hit it like you know like like the Dodgers they just traded how you say a Pepito or whatever you know what I mean and they got yeah. Miller and those guys um, you know May okay. uh, they, you know they 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 bring them up and give them a chance. But you know when they have the front end of you know Bueller and and um, Kershaw and. You know, even your uh, whatever the the guys in trouble, Urias. Urias. Or I, mean, I look at him. I mean, he, they brought him up as nineteen year old. Said, "Hey, go get him, big dog." You know. Um, but so I see both sides. You know, I think if they could get, you know, if they could figure out a way to get Cole and and, and you know a, a loaded front four, you can you can get you can take a chance on with a prospect. You know, not 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 in April, 
but sometime in May or June, you can take a chance to slide a prospect in there and try to get him 12 to 15 starts. Now you have him ready for next year to become your number four starter. Get it. You understand? So what I get, what I take out of that is don't trust the Carfax. Start looking more at the dealerships. <laughs> it just depends. It just depends. You know what I mean? Hey, used cars are great too. You know what I mean? But sometimes, sometimes. Got to look more of that Carfax. I got you. I got to look a little closer to that Carfax. Yeah, now. yeah these, these start getting pictures facts. They didn't look in the montage's <laughs> picture facts enough. They had to find that bad shoulder before they traded for him. And that's the thing that, like, pisses me off about this, man. Like, I was really upset when this Montas trade went down two years ago or whatever. Yeah, right? 2020. It was two years ago, yeah. One or 22? It was two seasons ago, not last season, the season after. So, granted, they gave gave up assets to get a guy who they knew went on the IL with a shoulder issue. They Mm -hmm. traded for a guy that was already broken. That was my whole issue with this whole thing and you gave up jp sears who with the yankees up and down that year was doing pretty good he wasn't andy pettit by any stretch of the imagination but he was a a solid suitable four or five starter luis medina control issues all over the place not really upset about him going at the time ken waldachuk was really lighting up the minor leagues i was upset about him going and then he gets shipped off in that deal and falls right on his face is what it is but I have an issue with this organization trading for a guy that they knew was broken. Like, what did you actually expect them to, to get year, out of two this? Two seasons later, Dave, and we are still – you are still complaining about that, that, the pitcher facts. It's, we it's, got almost it. like the, it's almost <laughs> the, the same – it's the same thing as what they did with Joey Gallo. They knew the guy struck out, like, worse than Giancarlo Stanton, and they still go out and sign the guy. They still go out and That's trade the batting him. facts. All because they need a left-handed bat. Having a left-handed bat doesn't do you jack shit unless you can hit a baseball. But, Danny, I'll swing it over to you to have the last word because we know you got to roll. Yeah, but, uh, like, with a guy like Montas or just any pitching, any any equitable pitching at the veteran and um, a young guy with a lot of promise that's proven themselves in in, in the minor leagues, and we just haven't had that yet with the three guys. With, with Hampton, um, Beater, or Will Warren, they they're very attractive prospects, and I think they will be big league pitchers. But to rely on them, I, I think will be a, a, a poor decision on the Yankees' part, at least at this point in time. So um, let, let's get a guy like Montas that's been around the block, that's you know has something to prove. Like like I said, give him mm-hmm. a five year deal. Like if he if he pitches 120 a five year deal, things give him another two million dollars. If he a makes five year deal, team, five years. What? You're giving him so a five year five million five million dollar deal. No, give him a what? Five million. You said five years. You said five years. One million five. One year five million. One one million for five years. One year oh, okay. five million. Okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. That makes more no, sense. No. Yes, yes, yes. One year five million. Yeah. Oh God! Right. One year, five million. Sometimes, right? And make it incentive. But see, I like that. I, I you get two million dollars. You make it. But see, I, I like that. I like that a lot because you go like that. You go that route. You know, stuff like that. I, I prefer to see that than the younger guy. 
And I love that idea because you go that route, then you get the you get the prospects another year to get the arms for strength ready. So that way, you know what? Go that area and pull the damn trigger and release it. You know, you let that bomb go and see what the hell happens at the end of it all. Like at that point, then because right now we are at that point, like, what are we going as an organization? What is the Yankee organization gonna do pitching-wise for next season? I don't care about Two years from now, I'm caring about next season right now. And it's like, right now, it looks like, like, let's be real. I'm not going to can sugarcoat this for any of us. It looks like shit. Let's be real. It doesn't look like it's going to be World Series caliber type type on pitching. Let's just be real. Like, we have the chances. Yes, we are said to win, win, make it to the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But, like, bro, it doesn't look good. It doesn't, as a Yankee fan... The pitching doesn't look there that we want. The batting might be there. We it might be there in the fielding. It might be there in that in that aspect. We don't know, but in the pitching, I'm worried. I am worried as hell as a Yankee fan. I think a lot of the agents, though, for a lot of these pitchers, especially the starting pitchers, are trying to figure out where exactly their clients line because we just saw a guy who hasn't even thrown a pitch on U.S. soil yet get 325 million dollars for 12 years so now i guarantee you all these other agents for jordan montgomery for blake snell are probably like where's the market for these guys when this guy who hasn't even thrown a pitch is getting you know this amount of money for 12 years i think they're just trying to figure out where the market fits for their clients at this point but they better figure it out fast because january is almost here yeah i think um i still think it's a lot of this is going to go into January because I think Snell's the next piece to fall and or Cease, right? I think people are – Cease is the, the, probably the the big player right now that some teams are trying to see what, what, what it's going to take to get him because obviously at the end of the day, they don't want to go out and sign – you know, take, for example, the Yankees are at 188 million. They probably want to end up around 230, 240, you know, in that range. Um, you know, they don't want to go ahead and jump on, C, on Snell or – or, or Monty when they can go out and sign Cease, obviously for you know a, a lot better value, two years of control, you know, um, without having to tie up. You know, obviously at some point they're going to want to sign into a long-term deal. You would think if he goes to New York and has the su- success that they want him to have, um, but I think Cease is the next the next move. That everything's a domino effect, you know. Like Yamamoto had to fall, Otani had to fall, and Yamamoto's got to fall. Obviously, Soto got traded. Um, you know, the next piece is, you know, bat-wise is going to be, you know, Bellinger and, you know, you, you know Kiermaier signed today, which might might keep Bellinger from going to Toronto. And they, some people say they still are in the, the hunt for him. But it's just such a domino effect. And I, guess I, I think it could be after New Year's before some of the dominoes really start falling. I'm surprised, like, a team like Boston who needs outfield help has not jumped on Bellinger. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't think – Boston cares like they used to care, you know. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Boston, I think Boston has something that they're they're scheming and they're they they when they got rid of everything they got rid of a few years back, with the way they were doing it. I think they're getting they are setting up for the future and their future is basically all prospect, and they want to see where that go, that goes out. I think that's, that's what they're working. That's dangerous, man. Because it is. It is. I'm not like, disagreeing. I lived, I lived up there for my entire life, and let me tell you something. The fans of that team are not going to let that fly. No. Like the diehard fans, like my cousins and like that whole, like as hardcore about the Red Sox as we are about the Yankees, 
they will not they will stop going to You're games right. they will right. hit them in the pockets they but, did in 20 2012 or 2011 but, but you're right you're right but you know what i don't think ownership over there cares i don't well, think they really care they they they're going to look at it that they're going <laughs> to they could if they want to but they're not going to want to because they could they're going to still make money off the red Sox name yeah and and the, and the profit sharing they're going to make money but the problem is man it's the toughest division in baseball you know mm-hmm. so when you when you're trying to flip, you know, I, I'll be honest. I mean, Toronto got kind of lucky, you know, because they kind of did it in a way, you know. But, I mean, look at the prospects they hit on, Bichette and Biggio and, Gallo, I mean, uh, Guerrero. And, mm-hmm. you know, then they added a couple other pieces. But to so it worked for them. But uh, but I don't think Boston's like – Boston ain't going to be as lucky to have those type of names in their system to bring up to, you know, to, to fill to fill voids. Yeah. And the Red Sox have a ton of money to spend. That's what – trips me out yeah they haven't spent money in a long time they, 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 they have it mm-hmm. they're, they're letting more go out they're letting more money go out than bring it in players wise so let's move into some hot stove talk before we get totally carried away and start drifting off off the rails here so we got to talk about mark's favorite two-way player hey, ikf Mark, Mark Mark is on vacation today. In case if anybody's wondering, we didn't fire him. He's not in witness protection. He's just on vacation, so we couldn't let this go without talking about IKF. Loud. He uh, <laughs> signed a two-year, fifteen million dollar contract with the Toronto Blue Jays today. Kevin Kiermeyer signed yesterday, so the Blue Jays finally got their two-way player. Thank God it was Toronto signing him and not the Yankees, because I don't really agree with signing a guy for seven and a half million who had a negative 0.2 war um that's just me um no disrespect to ikf the kid did a phenomenal job for coming in here and doing what he had to do kept his head down did what he was asked to do played third base shortstop second base left center um you know never complained about his playing time like other players did last year didn't trash the manager in the media, didn't trash the team in the media, was an all-around team player. Um, unfortunately, I think he did sometimes get some unjust negative attention for just being in the middle of this Josh Donaldson trade, which is total trash. Um, but all in all, he did walk into a base hit when he needed it, crush a home run when he needed it to. There were times where he would just go and set the world on fire or five, six, seven games, whatever it may be. So best of luck to him in Toronto. Um, I mean, that was more that was more like the end of the, f- the first season and, and like this past well, last season. Year, like this, last year, last year. He was only here last for Last year he was – he didn't hit homers until the very, very end. Let's be real. Okay, we were all shocked when he finally hit a home run at the very end of the season. <laughs> and that was because they stopped – they put the pressure off him being a shortstop. He That's was more why. of a base hit type of dude. He wasn't a power hitter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I, I'm like, like I'm not gonna, like I'm not gonna give the praise that you're gonna give the guy. Like you, you, you gave him like some, some pretty high praise right there. But I gotta give it. He Just how was I feel. He, <laughs> and he was there when he needed to be there. He did his job. And I, I did not. I was not dogging like Mark did on the trade. I was one of those people like, you know, what? I didn't mind the IKF trade. I liked it. I didn't mind it. But I did not ever see IKF being the long term solution. No, I knew I didn't his either. day. I knew his days were going to be numbered. And I was happy. It was, I, I, I mean, he did what it was like. You said he did what he needed to do. And am I going to be like, oh my gosh, sad that we got to play against him? Nah, man, he's an enemy now. Get ready. 
Deuces. I want, I want everyone knocking him down. I want him to strike out all the damn time. But you know what? He's going to probably hit that one little into the gap that's going to beat us in a game as well. It's going to happen. Clay Holmes will blow a save against him in Toronto at some <laughs> point next year, and we'll all be like, no, everyone else will be. I'll be like, I wanted, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. He was just, he was just a band aid for the Yankees. You know what I mean? He, he was a good stopgap. He gave him some, you know, wasn't a world beater, but he wasn't the worst player in the league either. So he's kind of like I would say, he's kind of like a cork. You know what I mean? He's good enough to plug the hole until you get somebody's bigger, better, and ready. So mm-hmm. I think he did that. So obviously, he probably didn't do exactly what what you guys want him to do, but he, you know, he is what he is, and he did what he did, and. He was, you know, feasible. I call him very feasible. Yeah, he was a throw-in, yeah. I think, in that trade. Yeah. I think it was just the Yankees needing to get rid of Gary Sanchez. Gio Urshela was was collateral damage, and IKF was Minnesota's way of saying, "Well, here, here's a throw-in since you're taking on fifty million dollars in trash money from." I see the Josh Donaldson. I yep. see the other way around. I, I see that we wanted more IKF, and we. Took that short end of the stick and had to take Josh Allen. Well, that's what it was. The, the the twins were like, "Oh, you want him? Well, you got to take our our trash bag money too." So it, it was a trash for trash deal because they got Gary. Well, it wasn't total <laughs> trash. I mean, Gio Rochelle is not trash, in my opinion. But and 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 Icaf wasn't trash when we either at the point. Like I said, it was a we got rid of two trash people. They got rid of Donaldson. We got rid of Gary Sanchez. And the collateral damage was they had they lost IKF. We lost Geo. Well, speaking of collateral damage, so while we were all enjoying Christmas, um, there, there, there's a little beef going on between uh, Alice Verdugo and Jonathan Papelbon. So Alex Verdugo was doing an interview and was basically talking about how he can't wait to go play for Aaron Boone because he sticks up for his players you know, basically saying everything you would expect an incoming player to say about their manager. You're not going to sit there and be like, yeah, the dude's trash. I can't stand him. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, you're not going to come in and start trashing your, your new boss. So this, uh, so I guess Jonathan Papelbon took exception to this for whatever reason, dude's been out of the game for a hot minute. So um, for those who are going to be listening tomorrow, Alex, Jonathan Papelbon said on Twitter, Verdugo, I mean, Vertigo is a bitch. Cora has his players and teammates backs more than anyone else in the game. You aired yourself out by being late, lazy, and unproductive. If I played for Cora, I'm drilling this, you know what, just saying. I mean, dudes, Jonathan Papelbon's always been a head case. I mean, you should the look on his face when A-Rod tanked a home run off of him in 2013 was priceless, in my opinion. But I, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish here. I think he's just trying to get clicks and likes and relevance, in my opinion. But, yes, Alex Verdugo was lazy last year. Yes, Alex Cora did bench him for a few games until he got his act together. Um, I think it's just the case of him being a young kid and being immature, and I think – you know, him coming to New York and having Aaron Judge being the team captain, this stuff's going to stop at the door, and he might act like he just found Jesus when he shows up to Tampa in uh, February. So I don't know how you guys think about feel about this, but I thought it was kind of funny. But at the same time, it's like, dude, what are you doing? 
I, I, I think this is exactly what you said. Click. It's all for clicks for, for Jonathan. Because, yeah, like, I mean, did the guy have problems? Yeah. But you know what? He was also probably pissed off about what happened with the damn organization when they get rid of everything and then he's going from a contender to nothing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he went from a team that was a contender the, the year before and the whole time he was in Boston, the team was a contender. And then so all of a sudden it's like, now we're well, before that, like, he played for the Dodgers. Yeah, for a so exactly. Or two. So he was used to he was used to being in con- <laughs> being a contender, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this whole team just like imploded and is now shit. Like let's let, let's not even sugarcoat it for anybody. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, wow. Okay, what do you want me to do? Let me be the first in the clubhouse for what? For everybody that doesn't even care at the moment. Like I'm sorry, he was already probably pissed off anyway. So it is what it is. Now he's like he has a reassurance in life. He's in an organization that's actually out there for a win. He wants he he he. Did he probably have some problems? Probably did. But now he's like seeing, he's like, you know what? I have a reason to actually want to be a, 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 a team player again. I'm not on a, a shit team. Yeah. Papa always, he's always been um, controversial and said a lot of things, obviously. You know, he's been out the game, obviously. Now all of a sudden his name's all over Twitter. It's all over, you know, different, different, different venues and different news, news sites. But obviously Verdugo, he can be a dog, you know, um, but sometimes guys like him, when they get into the right situation, you know, um, obviously that he's talented. Uh, but you know, I, I know, I know that's why the Yankees took a chance. They're like, okay, he's going to flounder in Boston because Core doesn't really like him. Probably not going to play much. But if we can get him, and we can get him around the right people, we can get him working the right, the, you know, working the right way. You know, um, I don't want to say loving the game because you know you would think they all love the game. But they don't all love the game the way some love the game, you know. But somebody can light that fire in him. The dude's got some serious talent. He's got some pop in his bat. Um, but he can. He's a guy that if you take your eye off him and he's, he's a little upset, he, he can dog it, you know. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, if, if he dogs it and Aaron Judge is six foot seven, 260 pounds, gets in his face, I don't think he's going to jump up and try to punch him. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> so. So, but, but that, you know, and so it, it's going to be interesting, like I said, but Papa Bond, you know, at the same time, he probably loves Joey Cora and, but Verdugo probably couldn't wait to get out of Boston to drop that. As soon as he got a chance, he dropped it on him, you know, and because, hey, it is what it is. You know, he got, he got scolded like that kid that gets sent to the principal's office, you know, you always mad at the teacher when you, if you really look in the mirror, you're like, yeah, probably deserved that, you know? So Verdugo knows he probably deserved it, but at the same time, he's like, let me get a cheap shot on the way out. And Papa mm-hmm. Bond called him out. And believe it or not, Papa Bond would have definitely hit him. <laughs> he, well, he, he, he went after his own teammates when he was in Washington, right in the dugout. Like, it was him and Bryce, oh, yeah. I believe. You know what? Yeah. It's going to be funny when, when Alex goes back to Boston in, 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 in you know early spring. And and hits a nice homer right there. It's gonna be beautiful. I think it's gonna be beautiful. I hope because he you know. It. Oh, I hope he pimps it too. He hits a nice one, That's and he just looks, everything, and bro. he just Bring looks right at Alex Cora, just looking right at him. It's like, yeah, what up, bitch, and just keep on going. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, what? One thing we did forget to talk about was uh, Esteban Floreal got. Shown the door to the Cleveland Guardians for Corey Morris, a reliever with 
an over six ERA that everybody on Twitter is flipping out about. And I took the opportunity to remind some people that, you know, when we traded for Clay Holmes, he had an ERA of 6.35 before we got him in 2021. So relax, pump the brakes. Dude's got five years of control. He's been used as a starter, been used as a reliever. Does everybody pump the brakes? Like Esteban Floreal was just not working out here. I understand he did not get consistent playing time, but I see it. And Scott, you'll probably agree with me being a former player at this level. When you're in the major leagues, you should always be ready to play no matter what, whether you're getting consistent playing time or not. It's on you as a player, I would imagine, to yep. be ready and stay ready for when your number is called. The guy had a, before last year, getting consistent playing time at the end of the year, had an 086 batting average at the major league level. Granted, he was up, down, up, down, up, down. But when he was given opportunity, he didn't capitalize on it. And that's ultimately what ended his tenure here in pinstripes. So I'll pass it around to everybody else. But that's how I feel about it. I'm not upset about it. Good luck to him in Cleveland. Got a pitcher back with five years of control, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Obviously, when I saw that trade, you know, the first thing they talked about was the six ERA, but the Yankees moved him for – they moved and, and got him as a piece for a reason because obviously they're going to get him in the lab. Uh, they see something that's probably – something that they like. And they know if they can just add something to what they like, like they did, i.e. Clay Holmes, you know, now you got another, you got another quality arm. Um, so, you know, sometimes that six ERA is, is, um, I know everybody wants to live and die by it, but at the end of the day, nowadays the way it works, you know, every, every organization does different things, you know, and I'll be honest, the Dodgers and the Yankees are probably two to the, the, the forefront um, that, that take guys that, maybe you consider a castaway, you know, like, uh, okay, this guy's just a castaway. And next thing you know, they, they reel him in and, you know, teach him, teach him that sweeper and, and, and fix, you know, they, 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 with the videos and the, the micros, you know, each step by step and get them behind the ball and sit on side the ball and just, it could, it, it, and plus what they gave away is somebody he's, you know, he's had his chances. When you get so many chances at the big league level, you you get to a point where the manager doesn't believe in you. If the manager doesn't believe in you, it's time to go somewhere else anyway because now you need a fresh start. And guess what? He may work out and be great for his next organization. And sometimes guys like, oh, man, but what if he just stayed here and did that with us? Well, you know what? He had five or six or seven, ten, eight, ten, ten yeah. chances, and he didn't do it. Why? Right. We don't know. But fresh start, got him fresh eyes, and, and he fits. So, you know, I, I always look at it as it's a win-win for everybody because, hey. you know. And especially now with the uh, departure of Oscar Gonzalez, he's probably going to – be a starting outfielder on that team next year too. So, um, what do you what do you think, Alex? What you and that's and not not before Alex goes. And that's yeah. the thing is, you know, he maybe never really had a chance to be a legit no. full time starter. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's, it's hard enough to do in the big leagues when you start every day, much less coming up and down. But if he gets that chance, he might flourish and be that person. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, Alex. Yeah. No, 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 no problem. Like you're right. Like I, I, I feel like this is a a gift in disguise realistically for, for Florial because like, he's going to have that opportunity that he didn't have over here. And for all the Yankee fans out there that are getting all upset about the trade, like let's be real. Any trade, most trades and signings that Yankees do, they're not doing tra- trades or signings for players that are like not Yankee material. It, it they, They're legitimately going for, okay, this person. Yeah. This person might be a Marlin. Let's just, Put it out there like a, a, a random team. This person might be a Marlin, but you know what? This person has the ability to also be a Yankee. 
okay, that that one player from that team type of thing. It's so we don't know what the Yankees see in, in him, and the Yankees might see something in him that could be actually real pinch shot material. We don't know what but they see. And for everyone to be like, oh my gosh, it's the worst thing in the world. It, there's a lot of trades that could be a lot worse. Let's be real. All right. Don't get upset. Don't get mad. Just let them cook. Let the organization cook. See what happens. Okay. It, it, we don't go to a, a to a steakhouse and be like, yeah, boom, give me the food that's right there. I don't care. I want that cow. Okay. Yeah. Some people want the cow moving, moving, but some people want that cow with a little bit of pink in there. That's it. And right yeah. now we're waiting for a little bit of good pink. That's right. And I mean, what happened with Floreal too, the reason why Floreal ended up in the position that he has was, was a couple of things. Like he had his wrist broken in spring training by getting hit by a pitch. He then rebroke it again in a rehab game, I think in high A that year when he was starting to come back. And then them holding on to Brett. Like I love Brett Gardner, but we even agreed like towards the end, they maybe held on to him for maybe a year or two longer than they probably should have. That's the first to say that. That stunted, yes, you were. That stunted Florial's <laughs> growth. And then this year, you had people like Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers bypassing him, and then Jason Dominguez. Like the writing was on the wall for a very long time as to how this was going to go. Yeah. So for everyone to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they traded him. Like, um, it's been a long time coming. Give so. the guy a chance. Give the kid a chance to actually <clears throat> get out there, get a contract, get, get, see what happens. Like, like what? Stay out there and get game game paid peanuts for his whole career? No, nah, man. I'm, I'm let him get a chance and actually like try to get some sort of contract. It might not be a big payout contract, but it'll still be better than what he's, he's still getting young paid too. now. He's only 27 years old. He's still a young kid. He's got plenty of baseball left in him. So yeah, so, let the kid get some money, man. So. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you, everybody, for that was watching on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and Facebook. We appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Um, so, like I said, last week and the week before, we're going to keep talking about this. So, a friend of mine and my wife's, her daughter's been in the ICU at Boston Children's Hospital. She's suffering from polycystic kidney disorder. She needs a new kidney. Mom and dad have been on donor list waiting for a donor. They're looking for people with O type blood and in good health. The information is in the show notes below in the description and to get you towards their Facebook and their information page about this. And also the mom, Alexia Ariaza has given us permission to share her phone number. If anyone would like to contact her directly, the phone number is 401 688-6549. Again, 401-688-6549. And also in the show notes is also the information on how to go about getting tested if you are interested in getting tested to be a donor. So please help us help them get the result that they need. And uh, thoughts and prayers are with them as always. So for Mark, who is enjoying vacation... Danny, who unfortunately had to dip out and go to work a little bit early tonight. For Alex, Scott, this is David, Mark, some chachas, and we are signing off. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Peace.